Hello and welcome to the Paid Search Podcast. My name is Chris Schaefer. I'm here to help you with your Google Ads campaigns, whether you are a business owner, lost and clueless in the Google Ads universe, needing a helping hand, I'm here. If you are a growing agency, managing many accounts out there, I have advice for you. And if you'd like to start a career in Google Ads, you want to become a freelancer or maybe get a job in one of those cool agencies, I'm here to help. No matter what part of Google Ads you need help with, that is my focus on every single episode to help everyone achieve what they need out of Google Ads. That's what we want. We spend money on Google Ads in order to get something out of it. And let's talk about that. So today I have a packed episode with a couple different discussions. We're going to start with the metric of the week where we're going to talk about the phone call metric, very specific metric. You need to know about it. Also, I'm answering a question from Chris in Wisconsin. I tried to mesh. You see what I did there? I tried to mesh the word Chris in Wisconsin. It came out quiz. <laughs> very, very funny thing there. That's, that's, that is super funny. And then last, we have our topical discussion. We have a special guest. Joey Bidner is back, and he's going to talk to those of you that maybe are overwhelmed with how to manage managing your Google Ads, how to manage the management of Google Ads, taking notes, keeping clients straight in your head, how to manage the project management aspect of Google Ads, some great advice from Joey. Be sure and stick around to the end. And uh, the first thing we're going to talk about is the phone call metric of the week. But before I do that, I want to remind you about optio.com. That's opteo.com slash PSP to try the number one Google Ads management software out there. I, I talk to people in the Google Ads world every single day. I just got off of a call with someone that was using Google Ads for their company, they're an employee, and they're also using Optio. And they were asking questions about how to use the system and I was giving some advice about it. And one of the things that came up was, you know, Chris, we, I like to have reports. I like to have something that I can view, you know, should we use the Google Ads reporting system? And I immediately said, absolutely not. The reporting system in Google Ads is not useful. I do not like it. It is not nice to look at. Even the dashboard is really pretty hideous, overwhelming, confusing. The Optio reporting system is one aspect of what the Optio system can do. Not only can it help you manage your campaigns efficiently, and alert you about critical aspects that you may not be aware of, but also it can help you with reports, help you with writing your ad copy, help you with bidding new keywords, negative keywords. If your ads have a critical issue with the payment going into Google, that's something you need to know about. It could be critical because your ads could stop. This is the kind of amazing variety of things that you can do with optio.com slash PSP. The reason I tell you that URL is because that URL specifically in the description will give you a two month free trial of the tool. That's optio.com slash PSP for a two month free trial. 
be sure and use a little chat box on their website to say, hey, I heard about the show from Chris on the Paid Search Podcast, and they'll give you that special deal. All right, getting into it. Metric of the week. Metric of the week is phone calls. Now you think, well, Chris, phone call isn't a metric. Well, fake voice in my head. Yes, it is. It is a metric. There is actually a column in Google Ads called phone calls. Now, it's important that you know what this is because a phone call is different than other things that you might think. Phone calls, as described in the Google documentation, are the number of times people clicked on a phone number displayed in an ad on a mobile device or manually dialed a Google forwarding number displayed in an ad on any device. So a person is going to be interacting not on your website, but instead on a phone number that is displayed on an ad on a google.com property where the ad is showing your phone number is showing either in the headline or an ad asset part of it. It's showing somewhere and people are going to either manually dial that number or click on it using a, man, a mobile device. This is important because Google does not say a phone call is a phone call, <laughs> right? This is really important that you understand that because you could have a hundred quote unquote phone calls and your phone never rings. That is because Google saying they clicked on it or dialed it. We're, we're all very familiar with the fact that you can dial a number and not necessarily continue after that. You can hit the end button. A person on a mobile device could click on a number and what happens? Well, a little pop-up comes up and says, call number, call or cancel. And if you hit cancel, that is still a phone call, according to Google, because that person clicked on that number. So this is important. If you say, well, Chris, that that's a really big difference between what I call a phone number. Well, you're right. A phone number, according to what humans would say I got a phone call would be is actually in Google speak, it is a conversion. Now a conversion is when a phone call actually connects and lasts up to X number of seconds. This is something you can change in your Google ads conversion settings. By default, it's usually 60 seconds, but if the person stays connected for 60 seconds, not necessarily talking to a person, but actually is connected for 60 seconds, that will track as a conversion. That's a call from ad conversion. Most of the time that's what they're, they're called in the conversion type, it's, it's called a calls from ad. So if you've ever wondered why you have 16 phone calls, according to Google, but your phone never rang and you look at your conversions and you have 22 forms that were filled out, but none of them were phone calls, yet it says you had phone calls. That's the reason. 
A phone call is actually a click type. A phone call is merely an interaction between the person and the number shown on the screen. It seems like it'd be more relevant to call it a phone click, a number click, something like that, not really a phone call, because on smart devices, smartphones, when you click on that, it then prompts you to then make the call. That's really different. It's really different, but if you know the difference, then you're good. The problem is, is when you don't know. So when you don't know the difference, that's what, what can get you into trouble. So now you know. Now you know when when you're looking at your Google Ads accounts, if you do have the phone call metric pulled up, then that's what that's referring to. Now, just to skip back, just because some of you listen to that and now you're realizing, actually, I do want to know that. That does look, that does sound kind of important. Let me explain. The phone call metric is actually a column in your Google Ads account. When you're looking at the campaign view or the ad group view, you can pull up in the columns phone calls. So that is the metric of the week. Next, we're going to move to the next section, which is questions from the listener. As I said at the top, this is a question from Chris in Wisconsin. If you would like to send me a question, you can do so at paidsearchpodcast.com. You can find my email. You can find the podcast, all the information there, as well as a link to Optio as well. Or you can just get your fingers ready right now and type in paidsearchpodcast at gmail.com. And that's my official podcast email. <clears throat> so let's talk about Chris's question. Chris's question is actually a little bit different because a little bit, a little bit behind the curtain on the day that I record the podcast, which is usually a Thursday, Thursday afternoon, I'm thinking, you know, I think all week, you know, what am I going to talk about this week? on the podcast because I it's pretty important. I was pulling up my paid search podcast at Gmail email address and I saw Chris's email and Chris has written in, been a listener of the show for a long time. Chris wrote in and and just gave me some encouragement, let me know that, you know, he likes the show still. It's it's very great. Thanks so much for doing it. And he said, "Hey, I have an idea. What if you did a five mistakes that people make in Google ads. And I thought, you know, that's, that's a great idea. I had not put my finger on exactly what I was going to talk about this week. And I thought, you know, I could mesh this together because I have a special guest, as I said, at the very end of the show, who's going to go through other topics. Joey's going to discuss other topics. So I thought this would be a great discussion. So let's do it. Chris here as requested are the five things that I see most commonly in Google Ads when I'm doing an audit. Now, just so you understand, these aren't accounts that I'm managing. I do a lot of audits. I offer people free audits if they, they contact me. If you're interested, you can reach out to me at chrisschafer.com. Ask me about an audit. And, and I do, most of the time, offer people free audits to get an understanding of how I see their account. It's, it's actually a video audit where I record a quick little video and show them, here's how I see it. I don't charge for that as long as people don't abuse it. <clears throat> so I have my eyes on a lot of accounts all the time and also do consulting. So I have 
accounts where I spend an entire hour with an agency or an individual or a company with a team and go through the accounts together and talk about it. And so therefore I see common reoccurring mistakes in accounts all the time. And I've put together a short list of five or the things that I think are the most egregious mistakes in Google ads. And let's start with number one, one or a minority of keywords in the account with the majority of ad spend. Okay. I just, I literally just did an audit today and just saw this today from someone. This particular account had thousands of dollars of spend over several months. So not a big account, but Hey, money is money. And it's important that they get something out of their money. So I jump into the account and out of $6,000, I believe about 5,700 had been spent on one keyword. There were other keywords in the account. There was one ad group in about 15, 20, 30 different keywords, yet one keyword had 90 plus percentage of the spend. Now, granted, this account had conversions and the keyword that was generating these conversions was generating at the, at an acceptable cost per conversion rate. <clears throat> so you say, Chris, how is this a mistake? How is this a bad thing? If it's, it's working, it's consistent, it's, it, it's getting traffic leads that they want. And I say, yeah, you're, you're right. It is. But for those of you that have been in Google ads long enough, you've touched enough accounts, worked for enough people, run your own campaign long enough. What's the one thing that's consistent in Google ads, right? I can, I can hear it. I can hear him yelling from the back. Nothing stays the same. Nothing is always the same. Either Google changes something, competitors come in or just something just stops working. Suddenly you're not getting the same leads. Suddenly you're not getting the same traffic. Suddenly your CPC is different. Suddenly your impressions just drop or spike or something like that. <clears throat> so if we can expect changes to happen in Google ads accounts, what then would be the best deterrent for something like that? The best deterrent is the ability to analyze and isolate what caused that change. So you can understand that certain ad groups or the bidding or certain ad copy or this keywords now doing this, but it was doing this. You need to be able to have some type of analysis so that you can make a decision about what needs to change. What would stop that analysis from being able to happen? Well, it's essentially chaos. Anything that is not measurable, anything that is so random, so sporadic, so incredibly complicated because of algorithms and broad match and the fact that 90% of the traffic is flowing through one single solitary keyword. Well, how do you analyze that? Well, now you're having to, to look at very broad ideas and try and narrow out very specific solutions for that. Not a good idea, not a good idea at all. This is the problem. Number one issue 
And it's usually caused by someone very innocently building a campaign and adding a couple broad match and listening to this podcast and realizing, oh, I should probably add some exact match and some phrase match in here too. Then they set it, they look at it for a week or two, then they leave it alone and it's working okay and, and they're happy with it. But guess what happens over the weeks and months? Slowly over time, those broad match keywords consume all of the traffic. It's incredibly frustrating. You come back to it and you realize all of my traffic is coming through one area. And it's, it's really frustrating. So now you're at a point where you can't analyze, you can't improve your campaign because you can't really tell what's happening. You, you can't specify one service over another. You can't tell Google, no, I, I want these kind of searches. Yeah, yeah, I do. I do glass repair, but I don't want this kind of glass repair. I want commercial glass repair or I want automobile glass repair. But instead, my keyword is just glass repair. See, see the problem there? If 90% of my spend for the past six months has been through glass repair, suddenly I'm not happy. I'm realizing I'm getting too many automobile calls and I do home glass repair. Well, how are you going to fix that? Essentially, you're going to have to stop your whole campaign. You're going to have to completely, you're going to have to pause that keyword and start over. This is extremely risky. This is not ideal. So I talked, I talked quite a bit on that, but it is critically important because balancing your entire campaign on the head of one keyword can lead to absolute destruction because things always change. You may not change. The competitors around you may change. The way that the keywords are reacted to, the trends, the traffic, the way that people search seasonally, yearly, it changes. So number two, next biggest thing that I see Let's move on to something a little more complicated is using the default conversions plus automated bidding. Best example I can share here is I see many accounts that look incredibly strong. I jump in and I see 25% conversion rates. I see very, very low cost per click. I see amazing numbers and I'm like, why are these people reaching out to me? Obviously they know what they're doing. This is phenomenal. 25% conversion rates. But then that little voice in my head says, Chris, they didn't reach out to you for no reason. Something's going on. So I dig in and find out very quickly, wow, almost all of these thousands of conversions that are coming in are get directions, right? And let's say this is an AC company that answers home service calls for AC repair, installation, maintenance, stuff like that. Why, oh, why would they track get directions as a conversion? The answer, my friends, is because that conversion is defaulted in their setup. It's turned on. When they set up their account, they attach their Google My Business profile to their Google Ads. They set up the thing, and then boom, 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 directions and phone calls and web forms and all that stuff is set up, but guess what the automated system's going to trend towards? It's gonna to trend towards the lowest hanging fruit. 
max conversions, target CPA, all that stuff. It's going to trend towards whatever it can get because you've told it that a conversion can be get directions. Well, if you got 500 conversions and 400 of them were get directions and they're all considered to be conversions, guess which one Google's going to trend towards because it's obviously easier to get the get direction conversion. This is a detriment. This is a bad thing because Google is pushing towards people getting directions to your shop, clicking on that Google Maps listing, which then does not take them to the website, which does not deliver them to any way that you can tell them about your pricing and your services and the advantage of your company and get them a phone number that's trackable. This kind of stuff is broken, not ideal. Another example, let's change gears. Let's say e-commerce. Very common that I see people that set up e-commerce and have add to cart and the checkout and the transaction all set as conversions. So what does that mean? That means whenever someone purchases a widget from your shop and they add to cart and they check out and they have a transaction and they, they complete the checkout process, that's three conversions for one purchase. You just tripled the metrics of your account. So instead of one conversion, Google's going to think you had three. So it's going to show you that your ROAS is very high. It's going to show you that your performance is very, very high. It's going to optimize at triple the success of what you really actually have. I see, I see those things out all the time. So number two is using the default conversions, not understanding conversions and just using automated bidding and letting it all sort itself out. Not a good idea. All right. So the next three are not as big of a deal, but they are chronically represented. So the first is brand keywords in campaigns. What I mean by brand keywords, it means your company name showing up in the keywords or the search terms. This, le this leads to inflated click-through rates, artificially lowered cost per click, and artificially inflated conversion rates. Because anytime your company name is in the searches, that means you're mixing returning traffic and non-returning traffic. Returning traffic is people that have already heard about you and are typing your company name. Right? If people have already heard about me, they're typing Chris Schaefer into the search and they're finding me. But if someone's looking for something that I do, does not know my name, brand new potential client for me, obviously that's worth more to me. I want to grow my business, right? I want new clients. That's what you want. You want new clients. Eating your own tail is going to lead to you, lead to you starving your company. So having these brand keywords is not always a bad thing, but you don't want to mix them. You don't want to mix the returning with the non-returning traffic, the, the, the new customers with the returning customers. Very important that you understand that and that you create a delineation between those two things. Number four, this one is a very particular case but I just see it a lot, especially in the past couple of years, because this new feature has been introduced and people don't realize what it's doing. That is the auto apply recommendations feature. I've talked about this before. If, if you don't know, just Google it, look it up. Auto apply recommendations is a 
system that will allow the Google recommendation system to apply recommendations without your approval. What this leads to is companies that are very happy with their Google ads account might have a conversation with a Google rep. I am not a Google rep, just so you understand. A Google rep is someone who works for Google, has a google.com email address. And I am a certified Google ads partner. Okay, so that's that's the difference. So a Google rep will maybe guide them through some things and ask, hey, do you want your auto apply recommendations turned on so we can apply these recommendations without you having to go in and do them? This very often leads to additional keywords being added, bidding strategies changed, and then I get the worst emails, the worst voicemails that I always hate to get is where someone says, Chris, I've been running my account seven, 10, 15 years, and all of a sudden it just stopped. I don't understand what's going on. It's been running solid. Or Chris, I've been running my account for three years and it's been going great. All of a sudden something's changed and it's not the same anymore. Sure enough, I go in, auto apply recommendations is turned on and it has changed a core setting in the account. The bidding has gone from max clicks to maximize conversions, or it's gone from maximize conversions to target CPA. Okay, you don't really need to know how that's gonna affect things. The main thing is this person did not tell Google, did not give permission Google for Google to change this, but it changed it because it was in their recommendation system, queue, the recommendation queue, let's call it that. It can be very destructive. So that's number four. The last one, the last big mistake that people make is using smart campaigns and thinking that it is entirely all that Google has to offer. So let me explain that. Smart campaigns is different than smart bidding. I, I, I use the phrase smart bidding because that's a bidding strategy. Smart campaigns are those little campaigns that have the little magic wand in the icon. There's a little magic wand icon for smart campaigns. They don't give you keywords. They don't give you bidding strategies. They don't allow you to write ad copy. You can't create ad groups. You can't just add negative keywords. You can't look at your search terms. You can't segment your data by device type and things like that. If this sounds familiar to you and you're like, yeah, that that's me. I, Chris talks about all this stuff and like, I can't make these changes in my account. I don't know what he's talking about. I'm so confused. You may be using a smart campaign. These smart campaigns are designed for a type of vending machine interaction with Google ads where you, you tell it, you punch in a few buttons and you tell it what you're looking for. And then it prompts you to insert money here and it gets you that traffic. For some people it works great, but I personally don't think it's a long-term solution. For many people, they're, if, they experience, if they experience success with Google Ads, they might need to define success further. And, th and that really requires more complex campaigns, actual Google Ads search campaigns, display, display campaigns, shopping campaigns, all that. So if you are using smart campaigns, I'm not saying to stop them. I'm not saying that they're a bad idea for everyone, but they are not all that Google has to offer. There's more. There's 
a lot more. If you want to know how the best Google Ads campaigns are set up, if you want to know how your competitors or some of the companies that you look up to and wish you had the kind of control where you're like, every time I search this, I always see their ad. Or every time I search this or that, this specific kind of ad pops up and it always says this in the headline. I want mine to do that. If you want to mimic that kind of precision, that kind of performance, those are not smart campaigns. Those are search campaigns. They are built completely differently. And you need to start trying that. A lot of people don't realize that smart campaigns are a completely different system than what I talk about here on the show every single day. Not every single day, sorry. Every single week. <laughs> no way I can do this podcast every single day. <clears throat> so that is the top five. Then I see people making mistakes in their Google Ads accounts on a chronic a, a, a chronic reoccurring problem. If I could label five, that is absolutely the top five. So we're about to get Mr. Joey Bidner walking in here and showing us a few tips about the management of your PPC campaigns. Before he walks in, I want to flash the billboard at you and tell you, you need to try Optio. I've been around in Google Ads for a long time. I've been, I started my Google Ads journey back in 2003. Back then, we didn't have software, right? I'm, <clears throat> I'm a little over 20 now, and we didn't have software, reporting software. I used to have to generate my reports on spreadsheets and things like that. It was a tremendous amount of work. You guys are living in the golden age of Google Ads management where you have systems that can help you spot problems. And it is a phenomenal software that I highly recommend. You can try it for free for two months at optio.com slash PSP. They have AI integration with it. They have systems to help you identify key areas that you're underperforming or areas that are overspending that shouldn't be or areas that are doing phenomenally well and need special attention. These are things that you might miss in your day-to-day -day management of a Google Ads account. Optio.com slash PSP for a two-month free trial subscription of their amazing software. Okay, so, and... In walks Joey Bidner. He's been on the show several times. I've uh, gotten some positive feedback from people saying, hey, Joey's been great, and he does great work. And Joey, take it away. Hey, Chris. So today I would like to talk about note-taking and how note-taking has really changed for me over the last few years, um, especially once I started managing more accounts um, and it's become a truly important part of my process. Um, and again, that, that became a lot more apparent once I started managing more accounts and started noticing the need to um, not only take effective note-taking, but also um, good um, task management and how that relates to the way I take notes when I make observations. So um, I'm gonna go through a few different methods of note-taking, some in platform in Google Ads, and then others um, using some free tools outside of the platform that can be done on your computer. Um, so I guess first I'm just going to, uh, I will be sharing my screen in this. So if you're um, 
listening, you can go over to the YouTube channel and see my screen share. But otherwise, I will describe what I'm doing um, to the best of my ability. So um, I'm going to go ahead and share my screen. And the first method of note taking um, I wanted to mention is is one of the simplest ones. And, and to be honest, the most effective. <laughs> this is um, uh, just within the platform. Um, creating um, notes on a timeline within your campaign view. So you can see when you made a change or when you made a specific observation. Um, so if you are in your all campaigns tab um, and you go to your campaign view where you see that bar chart um, or line chart along the top, if you hover your your cursor over it, you will see um, a little dialogue window pop up that says, you know, that shows the two metrics that you're looking at. And right at the bottom of it, it says add note. So like, let's say today um, I made a recent change. Let's say that's um, I added, I changed a bidding strategy or um, I added a new ad group, something, you know, usually substantial that would require, um, you know, me remembering, um, you know, being able to recall that this was the day that I made that change. So what you do is you hover over the day and you click add note and then it allows you to make a note. So you could say, okay, today I um, changed bidding strategy to max clicks. Doesn't happen too often that I do that, but I'm just gonna say that. And then you'll see that right underneath of the bar chart, there's now a little gray square. And that little gray square will, you know, forever be associated to that day. So then when you open up your time window, you'll be able to see, oh, there was something that changed that day. And I find this is really helpful way down the line when let's say in three months, you're analyzing some data and you say, oh, there was like a, a big change there. Um, you know, my, my clicks went way down. And then you see that little annotation at the bottom. And you can be like, oh, that was the day that I changed the bidding strategy or the day I turned off search partners. Um, and it has really saved my butt a number of times um, and just really helps for making those um, long-term observations and how they correlated to your actions. So that one I do for all my accounts. Now, the next note-taking tool is a bit more client specific account wide and this is um, a free tool that i like to use you can download it on any any computer be it mac or pc and it's OneNote. so OneNote is a, it's from microsoft microsoft OneNote. it's a really great platform because it allows you to now i'm sharing my screen again um and on my screen it has uh, i've created like a little mock-up not actually sharing my actual notes because i have client information and stuff um but what's great about OneNote is it allows you to have a specific folder of pages or notes. I organize it by client. So I have, you know, client one, and then within client one, that's what, what I have it labeled as on my screen. Then I've got a series of pages that I can pull up as I need to. So usually the, you know, the first thing I'm doing for a client is an audit. So I'll have a page for the audit. And this is where, you know, I'll, I'll take all kinds of notes. Um, and what's great is that it, it's it's kind of this like blank board that you can take notes anywhere. So you can see I can um, what I'm doing on the screen right now is is taking notes at different parts of the page. It's not just like a Microsoft Word document where you need to respect the margins and lines. It's just like a big whiteboard. Um, and then you can also 
drag screenshots onto it. So often for audits, for example, I'll be taking notes, I'm taking screenshots, and then when you're done, you can click and drag stuff. So this is really helpful for when, again, I'm doing audits, I'm making a bunch of observations, and then when it comes time to organize my thoughts to talk to the client, I can just click and drag all my notes separately and, and organize things. And then that's just one page within that same client. Then I can open up another page for when we're on a call together. I've got my client meeting February 20th, right? Um, and then that's just always open on my screen while I'm talking to them, taking notes while we're on the call. And then I might have another page where I'll put my enhanced conversion tracking codes um, that have the specific modifiers for this specific client. I'll put them all there so I just have a record of them. So OneNote was always very helpful for you know, that kind of, uh, of client-specific note-taking. Now, the one problem that I found with both of these softwares is um, I would get into a situation where um, I would be making a, a client observation. Let's say it's a specific keyword or a specific search term that I wanted to ask the client about. And I would go into OneNote and I'd make a note, you know, ask client about this search term or do this specific action next week. But once you have a lot of clients, your your pages get kind of buried. And when you're, you can only look at one you know, clients at a time. And I just found myself forgetting about the notes that I wrote when it came to time specific things of, you know, ask the client this question on the next call or um, get started on enhanced conversions or more task oriented stuff. It was great for note taking, but I felt a disconnect when it came to task orientation. So I found this other platform. You probably have heard about it because they advertise a lot. But for the um, and it's a platform um, that if you're like a big agency, it costs a lot of money. But if you're just an individual person, it's free. Okay, and it's Monday.com. Um, Monday.com is great because they have um, they have a free version for just single users, um, and I find it's it's fantastic. So what I'm sharing on my screen right now is a view. And again, I made a, a mock-up, you know, client one, client two. Um, but what's great about this is you have a view with all your clients. Okay. I just have client one, client two, client three here. And when you drop into it, um, you can create a, a note for an observation that you made. Then you can associate a date to it. And I like to put these colored labels that say, you know, either I, I need to take action on this item. I need to it's something that I've started and I'm working on it. Maybe I need to follow up on a certain date. Next to it, I've got a, a date and then a due date. And then uh, next to that is a um, column for longer tail notes. Um, and what's beautiful is that these are color coded. So every day, you know, I've got a long list of clients. I can look for all the red take action items. And I'll be like, oh, yeah, like last night when I was digging through my accounts at two in the morning or whatever, and I had that one great idea. I couldn't necessarily do it at that time. I could take a note of it and be like, you know, um, put this red marker on it that says take action, make the note. And then the next day or the next week while I'm reviewing all my accounts, it pops out at me and I can remember to take action and then, you know, uh, make a note of its progress. So typically it will start with this red take action um, note. Then once I've started it, let's say I'll create the example of, um, uh, setting up enhanced conversions, right? So the first step is usually I need to um, 
email the client these, you know, this specific literature on, you know, please install these pieces of code to push the data layers to um, the back end of the website so I can pull them through Google Tag Manager. So if that is the case, then I will I'll send them the email and then I'll change the marker on this note to status working on it, which turns yellow. And then I know it's not complete until it's green. So then I can say, oh yeah, on February 22nd, I sent that client email, the codes, and they haven't gotten back to me yet saying it's on there. So I know it's still in process. And this has become so helpful for me to stay on top of a lot of tasks and actions and, or, and, and observations that I'm making on the fly while I'm juggling a lot of accounts. So um, I wanted to share this just because again, two free tools, um, three free tools if you think about the one that's built into Google. But this tool in particular, um, I find so helpful for day-to-day um, -day organization and like off-the-cuff note-taking that is then tied to an action calendar. Um, and there's just, you know, there, there are a lot of extra features that you can do, like you can create a Gantt chart for timelines, but I just like the, to be honest, I don't do much of that. I just use this basic view of seeing my clients at a glance, color coding tasks and note taking. I find it is beautiful, it's free. So I'd say, give it a try. And um, yeah, let me know what you think. I hope it's really helpful and back to you, Chris. Thanks, Joey. That is awesome. If you guys want to chat more with Joey, you can find his website in the show notes. It's joeybidner.com. I've known Joey for a long time. He's really doing great. He, he offers PPC management service, services as well as some consulting as well. You can find more on his website. Great stuff there. And, and for those of you that, that want to be better at managing accounts, you're thinking about moving into the PPC management industry, want to make it a career, this is the kind of stuff you need to think about. How can you get more out of your day-to-day -day management? How can you make sure you don't mix clients up? Because there's nothing that will get you fired faster than if you just let stuff fall by the wayside. If you don't get the things done that you said you were going to get done, you don't check on accounts. If you don't stay up on the important things that are happening on accounts, that you're never going to be able to perform and manage the accounts at the level that you want. So great stuff there. And that wraps it up for today. If you would like to reach me, you can find me at chrisschafer.com. Otherwise, do me a favor and leave a review. If you're listening this far into the episode, thank you so much. You're the ones that really care about the content on this show. Do me a quick favor. Leave a review. Five stars is what I'd prefer. <laughs> and help this show to grow because it is important to me that the show continues to grow. It shows Optio that it's a good investment for them in the future because that's what helps me to pay for the time involved in doing this every single week. Thank you so much. I will catch you next week. Take care.